Hello friends, always delighted to have you along. And today I am sharing a really interesting story with my friend, Chrissy Lawler. This is one of those stories where you are gonna be like, what, what? <laughs> You're gonna be like, that is wild. That, I did not know that. So buckle up. I have a great story for you straight out of the Green Mountain State, Vermont. I'm Sharon McMahon. And welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. Yay, I'm so excited to have my friend Chrissy with me today. Chrissy, thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Tell everybody what you do because you have a very unique job and I love unique jobs. (laughs) (laughs) I started out as a licensed marriage and family therapist. I still do that, but I've pivoted into the world of sleep, specifically baby sleep and motherhood. So I'm a big believer that if we can sleep well, then everybody thrives. And Mm -hmm. I'm also a big believer that there is no one size fits all solution. So I empower moms and dads to tune into the cues of their baby, figure out what their baby needs and help them optimize sleep in a way that works for them. I love that because this is not a, like, listen, if your baby isn't sleeping 11 hours a night, by the time they're nine weeks old, then you're failing. It's exactly, (laughs) it's not that, but yet it is also recognizing that we all do better when we're sleeping well. Yes. And so really just like, I kind of see myself as linking arms with parents saying, okay, sleep is important. How do we prioritize that for your family and optimize it for your family based on the needs that we're seeing from your baby. Yes. 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 And also parental style, like some parents feel comfortable having their baby sleep in a crib in another room. Some parents really don't. They want like every parent has a different style of how they want to approach that. And I really like that you allow that space for parents to customize for what works on their own for their own. Yes. And I don't know if you had this experience, but especially for me, you know, I was already a therapist before I had kids and I run on the perfectionistic side. And so I found myself as a brand new mom flooded with so much information and frankly, Mm -hmm. a lot of like shame of like, this is the right way to do it. And if you're not doing it this way, then you're failing. And so I, it made me even more anxious, like, oh my gosh, I'm failing my baby in all of these different ways. And I just love her so much. And I just want to be good enough for her. And everybody's telling me that that looks different. And so the parenting resources that I found often made me feel more overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so that's another big reason I got into this space is I wanted to be a different voice that says, yeah, let's assimilate all kinds of information. Let's find what works for you. Let's leave what doesn't. And the, the main priority is happy mom, happy baby, healthy mom, healthy baby, everybody well rested. And there are lots of different ways that we can get there. I love that. Well, I want to change, I want to change gears because the story I want to share with you today, I love so much. It's like one of those stories where I'm like, what? (laughs) I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Like what? That is not a thing that happened, Um, (laughs) but, but it did. And so I just, I, I'm very enthusiastic about it. I hope you'll have the same little brain tingle moments that I did when I was first. Yes. Okay. So this is a story set long, long ago in the state of Vermont, and it involves a gentleman named Matthew Lyon, 
who okay. is not particularly well known in American history. Like you probably did not learn about him in eighth grade. And yet he actually has a really, really important role in U.S. history and actually has a number of things that have made him very distinctive that I'm like, it's fascinating. Okay. I love it. I so love it. He was born in Ireland lived in Ireland as a child. There's some evidence to suggest that his father was executed for treason. And so Ooh. that led his family into this sort of downward spiral of not having adequate resources to provide for themselves. And so he decided, I want to go to the colonies. This is sort of early in American history. He decided to go to America and he was a redemptioner. And a redemptioner is sort of kind of like an indentured servant where somebody in America agrees to pay for your passage, like pay for your boat ticket. And then in exchange, you work off your passage by agreeing to be an indentured unpaid servant for them for a period of time until you have worked off your passage And he really is like, I got to get out from underneath this situation. I cannot be an indentured servant forever. He's in Connecticut, by the way, this is like 1760. So before the colonies have even declared their independence from Britain, he begins like taking on all kinds of side jobs, like when he's free so that he can pay back the people that paid for his passage so he can work off his time more quickly. And so instead Uh of having it take X amount of time, it ended up taking him about half that amount of time. And he was essentially a free man after working as an indentured servant for four years. Okay. So one of the things that I found interesting about this system of redemptioners was, this is a quote from a historian who discussed this system of being a redemptioner. The poor Europeans who think that they have purchased the land of their desires by their hardships endured during the journey across the sea are enslaved for five, seven, or more years for a sum that any vigorous day laborer earns within six months. So basically oh my gosh. Saying it's like a super bad deal. They're working yeah. for like five to seven years uh, for, to earn what they would have been able to earn for six months. And then he says, the wife is separated from the husband, the children from their parents, and perhaps they never see each other again. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He gets free from being an indentured servant and decides to head to what is now Vermont, where land was cheap. Okay. And land was not that not cheap enough in Connecticut. There were no states at this point. And so like all the boundaries, of course, all fuzzy, but it's modern yes. day Vermont. Okay. And mm-hmm. he joins up with this militia, Ooh. which of course we today, the word militia has like paramilitary connotations of like, yes, we think of militias as kind of like this has a negative connotation to it at sure. the time. Mm-hmm. At the time, that wasn't the case. A mil- you know, the United States won the Revolutionary War with militias, which are yes. just like groups of guys <laughs> yes. with their guns. Group- so this militia yes. was okay. called the, the Green Mountain Boys. Okay. And sounds like a name that people would tr- still try to use today, right? And totally. They, they have a, the Green Mountain Boys have a long and storied history where they snuck up on a, a group of British troops and like took their fort by night, you know, like they really thought they were hot stuff. You know what I mean? Cause they, <laughs> the Green Mountain Boys beat the trained British soldiers, yes. right? The professional okay. soldiers of, of England where they like actually have real guns and uniforms and training okay. and to like mm-hmm. beat them was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Pat ourselves on the back. There. Yes. 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 By the way, a couple famous members of the Green Mountain Boys were Ethan Allen and Benedict Arnold. I bet you've heard oh. those names from history in the past. Yes. yes. Cool. So this is not just a group of nobodies. They later rose to prominence in Ooh. various ways in U.S. history. So Eventually, Matthew Lyon has a falling out with one of the commanders of his militia, and he is eventually discharged from the militia uh, dishonorably. And the that's that again, not good, still not good Mm -hmm. to be discharged from anything dishonorably. And there's some varying accounts as to why he was discharged dishonorably with Matthew Lyon saying one thing and with other people saying another thing, but Mm -hmm. just know that he had this kind of temperament that made him prone to being disagreeable. It was obviously significant enough that he got kicked out of a group of dudes with guns. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's saying something like we kick you out of our group of dudes with guns. And one of the things that they used to shame people at the time to make it so that they uh, would not ever want to be uh, dishonorably discharged is they would make them carry a wooden sword. It feels kind of like a dunce cap. Yes. But like military version. That's right. So he eventually gets married, by the way, he, he was married twice and had 12 children, which is no small feat. I'm sure he did very little of the child rearing. I'm making assumptions based on gender roles, but nevertheless, 12 children is many children, many mouths to feed. That is many mouths mouths to feed for one man to provide for. He eventually marries this woman named Beulah. And Beulah's father was well-known in Vermont politics. And so Matthew Lyon eventually runs for a seat in the Vermont House of Representatives and gets elected. 
as one would, of course, you know, like work those family connections. Yes. Uh-huh. He, he also eventually began to make a name for himself um, as a businessman and began to acquire wealth. He opened a variety of businesses. He opened a sawmill and a grist mill and a forge and a store and a hotel and a newspaper. And he began to raise his profile in the community. And this was, this is noteworthy because this is a man who literally could not figure out a way to buy a ticket to America and worked as an indentured servant now working his way up to like, I own a newspaper. Yeah, right? that that's is very impressive. Significant, right? Yeah. So he began setting his sights on bigger and bigger political offices. And he tried to run for Congress a number of times, didn't get elected. And finally, after his fourth try, he got elected to the United States House of Representatives. So he is now going to be a much bigger deal, a much bigger player outside just the state of Vermont. One of the other things that's important to know about this story is that during this time frame, there were really two sort of factions, two groups of people that were kind of precursors to today's political parties. And one group were called the Federalists, and they were people like John Adams, Alexander Hamilton, and they had one view of government. And then we have people over here called the Democratic Republicans. Confusing because our our current political parties are the Democrats (laughs) and Republicans. It's like, are they just mushed together? What is it? You know, but that was the name of the party, the Democratic Republicans. And those, that party was led by people like Thomas Jefferson and uh, James Madison. And Matthew Lyon definitely viewed himself as a Democratic Republican. He hated the Federalists and he really hated John Adams. He felt like John Adams was just so uppity so full of himself that John Adams would just like make himself the king if he could. Mm. He felt like the Democratic Republicans were the party of the common man and the Federalists were the party of the, you know, ruling class, the elite. And he had absolutely no time for that. We hear from a lot of interesting people on this podcast, and I know that I am always hungry for more. And what if you could learn from the world's best all in one place. Guess what? You can. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best instructors. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, your computer, your smart TV, even in audio modes. You can listen to it like a podcast. I know that when I watch Doris Kearns Goodwin, that first of all, I'm going to be getting fantastic information, that the production level is going to be incredible. And then I'm going to walk away feeling smarter and more informed than I was before. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Sharon. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Sharon. Masterclass.com slash Sharon. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. 
absolutely, it's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others, and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up, and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Sharon. We have all had embarrassing moments where something didn't smell quite right. And if you have any children or people in your lives who have stinky toes, stinky feet, and those stinky shoes pile up by the door of your house and then when people come over they're like um your house smells weird there's a solution for that and it is not necessarily spraying down your house with disinfectant it is taking care of the smell at the source by using lumi on places like the people in your house's stinky feet it is a whole body deodorant it is safe to use anywhere on your body. It was created by a doctor who saw firsthand how stinky feet and other body parts are often misdiagnosed as problems when in reality you could just use a product like Lumi and it would take care of the issue. It has been clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SHARON. He gets to Congress and, you know, does his job in Congress. It was obviously a different job back then than it is today. And one day, a man, while they're debating in Congress, a man named Roger Griswold, who was from Connecticut, is trying to get Matthew Lyon's attention. He's like, okay. you know, whatever he's doing, tapping him on the shoulder, calling his name. We don't know precisely how he was trying to get his attention, but he was persistent in like trying to get his attention in part because Griswold and Lyon disagreed on something and Griswold okay. wanted to, Griswold was a federalist. He wanted to talk to Matthew Lyon about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Matthew Lyon did not want to be bothered. And so he uh -huh. turned to Roger Griswold and spit at him, uh -oh. spit chewing tobacco at him oh, no. and Griswold was like you scoundrel mm -hmm. and of course scoundrel at the time was like that Ooh. was a very mean okay word. like no you didn't no oh no you didn't 
(laughs) how dare you call me a scoundrel? You know, like Uh today that word is kind of old fashioned. And if you, if I called you a scoundrel, you would probably chuckle. You know what I mean? You spit at me and now I'm going to call you a scoundrel. And of course, Matthew Lyon did not like being called a scoundrel at all. So eventually this, this simmering conflict, um, reaches ahead on the floor of Congress. And somebody says to him, like, listen, you, the, you, you gotta let this go. There were words used like this is a kennel of filth. <laughs> when he's faced with the prospect of being expelled from Congress, he's like, listen, I won't let it happen again. Here, here was one, here was part of his apology. He says, perhaps some will say I did not take the right method with him. We do, <laughs> we do not always possess the power of judging calmly what is the best mode of resenting an unpardonable insult. Had I borne it patiently, I should have been bandied about in all the newspapers on the continent, which are supported by British money. It was like an apology, but not really an apology. Yes. One of those backhanded apologies. That's Uh right. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. So he's not moved by his apology. Mm -hmm. Griswold is like, that's not a real apology. I don't accept it. It's like in therapy when people are like, I'm sorry that you felt that way. It's like, oh, just like, it doesn't really resonate. I'm sorry if I offended you. (laughs) I'm sorry if you got hurt. That's right. I'm sorry if you felt offended. So he didn't like the apology. Didn't like the apology. So Roger Griswold finally is like, I've I've had enough. And he gets up and walks over to Matthew Lyon and begins hitting him with a cane on the floor of the United States Congress, just like hitting him on the head, hitting him on the shoulders, just like basically, first of all, that would hurt. You know what I mean? uh It would hurt to be hit with a wooden cane. And so Matthew Lyon is not going to just sit there and allow himself to be beaten by a cane. So he gets up and he runs over to one of the fireplaces because of course they didn't have electric heat. They heated things with fire runs over to the fireplace and grabs a large set of fireplace tongs. Oh no. Like the kind you would pick up a log with. And he begins defending himself with this pair of fire tongs while Roger Griswold is attempting to beat him with a cane. And so everybody in Congress is like, excuse me? We cannot be hitting one another in Congress <laughs> with tongs and canes. And eventually other members of Congress managed to pull them apart. There is a very famous depiction, like a drawing, obviously photographs didn't exist, a drawing of Roger Griswold and Matthew Lyons fighting on the floor of Congress, like where Lyons has this big thing of tongs and Griswold <laughs> has this thing of canes. They look ridiculous. And all the other members of Congress are like, just kind of chuckling, watching it happen until eventually they get separated. And of course this cartoon was printed in on the newspapers. Like, can you believe it? Griswold and Lyon were fighting with each other fighting with sticks with sticks in congress (laughs) and of course then newspapers began calling matthew lyon the spitting lion so he (laughs) he earned the nickname the spitting lion the house ethics committee then begins investigating 
They can't let this go. They can't just be like, it's fine if you do that. They need to investigate. They eventually decide, listen, both parties were like, we'll be good. We won't do it again. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll say sorry. Yeah, we'll say sorry. We'll behave ourselves. And so the House Ethics Committee agreed to drop all of the recommendations of censure. Listen, I know if you pick up any kind of beauty magazine or you follow an influencer, there's like a new skincare product every single day of the week. And it can be really difficult to know which ones to even try, like which one is worth your money. And if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, you might be excited to know that one of today's sponsors is OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy. No complicated routines, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. The secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. I especially like the eye cream. It's not too thick where you feel like it's going to clog all your pores, but it goes on really, really nicely under makeup. For a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase using the code SHARON when you check out at oneskin.co. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O. Try one skin and enjoy younger, healthier skin without all the extra steps. That's oneskin.co, code Sharon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. One of the things that I do think is interesting, though, is what Griswold and Lyons were disagreeing about to begin with. Yes. What prompted Griswold to be like, Matthew, 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 and then Matthew Lyon to turn and spit at him and then then to call him a scoundrel. Then they're fighting with tongs. Yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes. What was the genesis of this fight? 
That's right. It was a fight over a man named William Blount, who was one of the signers of the constitution. He is a founding father of the United States and long story short, John Adams, the president at the time was given evidence that William Blount had been speaking to the British behind his back about ways to retain control over the Mississippi River. And he was worried that the French and the Spanish and like all of these things were going to happen and we wanted to retain control of it. But to go behind the backs of the newly formed United States government and speak to the British directly, that was a very big deal. Yeah, that feels like a big no-no. That feels like a hard pass if you are, yes. if you are a yeah. loyal American, right? Yeah. That feels like mm-hmm. a really hard pass. The, they read these papers in front of Congress of like, what has William Blount done? And so he became the first man in U.S. history to face impeachment charges. Okay. They were like, this person, this is potentially a very high crime. And of course, that's one of the things you can face impeachment for is a high crime, Mm -hmm. which by the way, the constitution doesn't define what a high crime is. They filed like five articles of impeachment against him for conspiring to conduct a military expedition. I mean, like it, what he did was a big deal. So back to, back to Matthew Lyon. Around Mm -hmm. the same time that they're deciding if they should impeach Blount, they also passed a couple of laws that are kind of lumped together called the Alien and Seditions Act. Okay. And this is part of what is so mind-blowing about this. Mm. Part of the Sedition Act made it a crime for anyone to write or publish words criticizing the United States government. Oh my God. It's a crime now. Wow. I mean, and did the first amendment exist then? Yes, it did. It absolutely did exist. And so the idea that this is like, imagine today Congress being like, it is illegal to criticize the U S government poorly of us (laughs) in, in writing or on TV or on the Instagram, but it also seems absurd because we definitely view it as our right to criticize the government if it's warranted. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Matthew Lyon, of course, became no surprise here. The first person prosecuted under the Sedition Act. Okay. Mm-hmm. He openly, I mentioned before that Lyon had a newspaper. His newspaper, by the way, has a hilarious name. The newspaper was called The Scourge of Aristocracy and Repository of Important Political Truth. Wow. <laughs> Here's my repository of important political truth. It's my newspaper Uh and in the newspaper, Matthew Lyon openly criticized John Adams, the president, which I feel like is a given since you told me the name. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. He said a number of very unflattering things about John Adams in his newspaper. And so consequently, the United States government was like, hey, that's illegal. 
Mm. We are going to put you on trial. So they did, they put Matthew Lyon on trial. It did not take the jurors very long to decide that he was guilty. And he was sentenced to a $1,000 fine, which in that time period was That's a, a lot. lot of money. That was like $20,000 in today's money. Yeah. Uh-huh. And four months in jail for speaking ill of the president. For just, we're just going to lay down the hammer. That's right. You're going, you're going to jail. So of course, as soon as the green mountain boys find out that Matthew Lyon is in jail, they're like, Ooh, let me at him. Let me at him. You, what do you want us to do? You want us to burn down the jail? What do you want us to do? You know, like they were ready Mm -hmm. to like rest. They're ready. Uh And Matthew Lyon was like, no, no, don't burn anything down. That's only going to be worse in the long run. Let me, you know, fight this through the proper channels. He, of course, during his trial, tried to use the first amendment as his defense. He was like, but the first amendment. Yeah. And uh-huh. they were like, mm, nope, mm, doesn't, doesn't apply. apply. Doesn't apply. So he decides the best revenge is to just continue to be in Congress. So he ran for re-election while he was in jail. Oh my gosh. And won. And won. Oh and my god. Won. <laughs> and he beat the person who's running against him by a lot. It was not close. Wow. The people okay. in Vermont were not dissuaded from electing somebody who was in jail. In jail doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He, you're the right man for the job, Matthew Lyon. So when he finally <laughs> got out of jail, he reportedly like ran out of the jail being like, I'm on my way to Philadelphia. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yes. Yes. So this is this is part of the part that makes that is that a lot of people will have their minds blown out. First of all, when he gets to Congress, there was a resolution introduced for his expulsion because he had just gotten out of jail. Like, do we want somebody who's a convict serving in in, in Congress? And the, these articles said, where they're trying to expel him from Congress, they said he was convicted of being a malicious and seditious person of a depraved mind and a wicked and diabolical disposition. And so we should kick him out of Congress, but they did not have the votes to do it. So the election of 1800 rolls around. Of course, we all know when people vote for president, they're actually voting for electors. And then those mm-hmm. electors vote and the electoral college actually chooses the president, right? Yes. Yes. If the electoral college does not have the majority that is needed, or it's a tie, then there is a system to have Congress choose the president and vice president. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So that is exactly what happened in the election of 1800. Oh. The two biggest candidates running for president were John Adams, who was trying to get reelected, mm-hmm. and Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Okay. So the Electoral College did not arrive at a winner. Now the Electoral College casts two ballots, one mm. for one for president and one for vice president. At the time, they just cast two ballots, but they did not differentiate who they were voting for for president and who they were voting for for vice president. Oh, okay. 
So again, to make this super simple, ultimately what ended up happening is the electoral college was tied between Aaron Burr Mm -hmm. and Thomas Jefferson. John Adams was out. Okay. People were like, you're out. And they're like, "Mm, cute, but no thanks. No thanks. So, and both Jefferson and Burr were members of the Democratic Republican Party. And Mm. the reason that was a tie was because they had essentially made a mistake and they had intended to have a certain number of votes for Jefferson because the electors were like, we want him to be president. And then they would, one person would throw out their ballot and there would be one fewer vote for Burr. And then he would come in second and he would be the vice president. That's how it worked at the time. Gotcha. Okay. Made a mistake and didn't throw out a ballot for Burr. And so then Jefferson and Burr got exactly the same number of votes in the electoral college. Whoopsie. (laughs) That means that the House of Representatives had to choose who the new president was going to be in between Jefferson and Burr. And of course, Aaron Burr, famous for being the person who uh, shot Alexander Hamilton. This is all before any of that happened. So Aaron Mm -hmm. Burr shot Alexander Hamilton in 1804. This is the election of 1800. The House of Representatives took a vote, couldn't decide a winner, took a vote, couldn't decide a winner. 30 times. Oh my gosh. Continued to reballot 30 times, then 31 times, 32 times. Finally, after 35 times, people are like this. I don't like, I can, we keep doing this. I I like actually don't even care anymore. (laughs) Just pick one. (laughs) one. That's right. Uh, And so a couple of people were finally like, I don't like, I, I don't know. Eventually one person just kind of sat out of the 35th ballot and that lat left there. It was a tie between Burr and Jefferson and one person left to vote on that one person left to vote was, was Matthew. Matthew Lyon. Lyon. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was him that cast that wow. deciding vote for Thomas Jefferson and not Aaron Burr. And the fact that they had to work on it 35 times meant that Burr was a serious contender. Yeah. Very serious Uh contender. And so had Burr won the presidency, there's no way to tell how America would be different today. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy that it came down to the spitting lion to determine who would be on the the 35th round? The third, yes, the 36th round. They did it 35 the- times. And after on the 36th round, finally, Matthew Lyon was like, I will choose. And I choose Jefferson. That's crazy. The old that- spitting lion. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so, of course, then Burr became the vice president because he came in second. And we obviously don't do it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, I am going to eventually I'll do another episode about Aaron Burr because what Aaron Burr does after he is done being the vice president. So he shoots Alexander Hamilton, finishes his job as vice president, and then later goes on to be accused of treason against the United States and is put on trial for treason, but not for shooting Alexander Hamilton. Wow. Something else. Yes. <laughs> so that's another that's story insane. in and of itself. Yes. But I always love to, it really helps me think about 
the gravity of situations by imagining things in modern day. First of all, members of Congress beating each other with canes and tongs on the <laughs> in 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 the Capitol building. A member of Congress spitting at another member of Congress. It's it's illegal to write anything bad about the president. We'll put you in jail for that. Okay, no problem. I'll go ahead and run for re-election from jail. From jail and still win. And I won. And now it's me that's going to decide between Jefferson and Burr. I picked Jefferson. And of course, Jefferson doubled the size of the United States by buying the Louisiana Purchase. Just that alone, just Jefferson's decision to by the Louisiana Purchase mm-hmm. alone massively changed the trajectory of the United States. Who totally. knows if yeah. would have done the same? Who knows? Yeah. So we could be, have been looking at a very, very different path for the United States had Matthew Lyon cast his one vote Ooh, on the 36th round for Aaron Burr instead of Thomas Jefferson. That is crazy. Is That's that not wild. crazy? Is that not wild? Yes. He eventually moved out of Vermont, Matthew Lyon did, and moved to Kentucky and then got elected to the House of Representatives to represent Kentucky. He's one of the few representatives to have represented more than one state in the U.S. Congress. Interesting. Is that not fascinating? That's crazy. I, he served in Congress till 1811. Like he was there for a while and he... People still know him as the spitting lion. It's crazy. Just like, like you said, you know, this one little difference and how much it changed the whole trajectory. That's wild. A hundred percent. Yes. Like any one of those decisions of Matthew Lyon's life, literally now we can see if he had made any different decisions, it could have radically changed where we are in, as the United States today. That one That's, person's choices. Yeah. And it's That's also wild. speaks to, I think it also should give all of us something to think about. Like our, we don't know how our choices are going to be impacting the rest of the world someday. Seriously. Yeah. No, that is, that's good food for thought that just, yeah, these like little tiny tweaks and how it can change the whole trajectory. Yes. And you don't know it. That's right. Yeah. Change the trajectory for your family. And then your family ends up, your child ends up being somebody who invents something really cool that changes, you know, race to the moon. You don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't know. You don't know. Mm. Yeah. It's also super interesting that such a volatile man, you know, like spitting at people, all of that kind of stuff, such a volatile man is the person that we can say, well, it wasn't for him. If it wasn't for him, the old (laughs) spitting lion, the old spitting lion. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> oh isn't that a just just a wild story that's why you I love this all so fascinating and the oh. way that you tell a story you truly are America's government teacher <laughs> oh. thank you Chrissy well I would love for people especially people who um, have young children maybe anybody who's pregnant listening to this anybody yes. who is struggling with their children and sleep in their family I would love for them to check out your website. Tell everybody like if they go to your website, the peacefulsleeper.com, what will they find there? You will find lots of different courses and guides. I have a book and all of it is designed to 
like we talked about before, help you play detective about your baby and be empowered and informed so that you can optimize sleep in a way that works for you without shame and judgment, just strategies that work. So yeah, like you said, website is the peacefulsleeper.com. I'm on Instagram too, the.peaceful.sleeper. And yeah, I'm not too hard to find. And you'd share a lot of great tips and content on Instagram regularly. I don't Thank have you. a baby anymore. And I still <laughs> watch it. I'm like, oh, that's a good tip. I just want nice, hopeful things that you can file away because when we have those like real great tricks up our sleeve, it makes us feel more empowered and confident. Like, oh, I got that. So even if it's just this like burping position, that's a winner. If yeah. it makes parents feel like I'm great at this, then yes. that's what we want because parents that are thriving raise children who are thriving. That is a really good way of putting that giving parents the tools they need so that they can thrive and in turn they can help their children thrive yes exactly oh, Chrissy, this was really fun this was so fun let's do it again i, <laughs> I love, love to stories i would love to you now you have a story you can tell your husband when he comes home from work yes exactly <laughs> i sure do <laughs> oh thanks chrissy thank you Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. This podcast was written and researched by Sharon McMahon and Heather Jackson. It was produced by Heather Jackson, edited and mixed by our audio producer, Jenny Snyder, and hosted by me, Sharon McMahon. I'll see you next time.